Hey guys, welcome to Stories from 96. It's your host, Tolu Abalade. It's been a while since I've had time to record. I've had to deal with adults and a lot of the fun stuff that has to do with it. But I'm happy to be back on the pod just sharing my perspective on this issue. But before I actually go into the topic of failure and comparison, I actually did have the opportunity to collaborate with Afri- um, with a, a friend of mine on their podcast, Africa Lipser, on it. Just had a discussion or just more of a discussion in regards to the unpaid internship. So if you're interested in that, the links can be found below in the comment section. So going down into it, failure and comparison. And the reason why this discussion came, this like topic came to mind was the fact that I've realized that people don't like to mention their failures. I feel like in this life, people take a lot more L's than they actually do W's. But all we ever hear about is their successes and people don't talk about their failures. their trying times, the times in which they had to question themselves or their abilities. And I felt like the first thing I wanted to say in regards to this topic was... Because you fail doesn't make you a failure. Like failure is a part of life. I failed in so many aspects of so many things of my life. And every time I failed actually has helped me to get to the point in which I am now because I've been able to learn from my failure. So like there are two. So I'm going to focus. I felt as I said, I failed in a lot of areas of my life and I don't really want to rehash all that. But there are two areas of my life that I want to focus on that were like big failures that did change my perspective on certain things. So the first thing was like my failure in a levels so somebody like me i've i mean back when i was in high school and middle school or whatever like the one thing that people knew about me was that okay this guy knew his book like this guy was smart like this guy did well in sciences and math and all that other stuff and that in an essence was even part of my identity being the guy who was smart so like nothing i wasn't really like um so i wasn't really i wasn't athletic during the at that point in time wasn't confident so i wasn't a public speaker like there were a lot of other things that i couldn't do pretty well but when it came down to my books and it came down to doing my pythagoras theorem like that was in check and when i first moved to the uk like when we see the UK and I went to this school, Concord College, I, at that point in time, you know, being around, I wasn't even going to like a normal school. It was like a second highest rank school for A-levels in the UK or something. And like I going into that place, I was like, yeah, I'm part of this elite group of, you know, intellectuals, Einsteins and so on and so forth. And like, you know, just to, like, you know, to make a long story short is that, you know, after two months, I ended up leaving that school. I ended up leaving that school in an essence feeling like I was a failure because I wasn't able to work at the certain ethic in which was given. So I wasn't doing well on the weekly test, which to me was pretty stupid thinking about it. Why test somebody weekly? But the weekly tests, like in, in my rankings and my classes, I was like coming almost like the bottom of all my classes. And bear with me, it's like I became stupid over the points in time, two months I was there. But it was like... I realized from my failure in that essence that I wasn't dealing with the situation in the manner in which I should be dealt with. So like I didn't in a sense even have what's a, what I would say now as study skills. I didn't in essence have what I would say is a similar kind of support group that I have now that when I am struggling, I'm able to come down to. And the thing to me is that that failure haunted me for a very, very long period of time because even though I ended up failing and moving schools that first time, I also did end up failing my whole A-levels as a whole. And before somebody thinks about it, like this guy only came to America before he failed his A-levels. No, I actually did apply to the U.S. before, like a couple of months beforehand, just because 
I wasn't, you know, comfortable and happy in the environment that I was in. Like, literally, the UK wasn't something that I felt like I was happy after a year. And it's like, I'm not happy. I'm not doing well in my grades. And it's, if these two things are not even, in an essence, in sync, then why am I here? But moving on. But failing my A-levels, to me, was something that really opened my eyes to the fact that, one, the world did not end. And I'm saying this not in the essence of glorifying failure or trying to make you seem like, you know, it was a fun stuff. No, it was horrible. Like, you know, at a point in time, I probably was even was in tears. Like, I questioned my life and I thought the world is going to end if I failed this or I failed that, right? And, you know, you obviously have to deal with your African parents and then you have to deal with some comparisons. So, oh, your brother and sister did this and that. But coming down to it, failure really made me realize that, okay, what do I do now? How exactly am I going to <clears throat> how exactly am I going to deal with this situation moving forward? Am I going to sit down and let the fact that I failed a couple of classes in this school, blah blah blah, taking some classes like biology, which I didn't even like, which is probably why I was feeling this because I didn't like it. And when I don't like things, I don't, you know, succeed at them. But am I not going to let this be the defining moment of my life? And the answer was obviously no. Like, you know, I had gotten into University of Maryland College Park. And it's not, University of Maryland College Park is not a bad school. It's a really top-ranked state school. I was, you know, I was, I did get into University of Maryland College Park. I did have the opportunity to say, okay, this situation that I had in England this past two years, I wasn't able to do what I expected to do, like get into a really good school, blah, 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 right? Because I was rejected from literally like every school that I applied to. I applied to the London School of Economics, but I applied to Warwick. Warwick didn't even give me a conditional offer. Like they literally just rejected me. And looking back at it, it was like, you know, I thought that would be like a defining moment for me when I came to the US and I had been living, you know, and I came to University of Maryland, I realized I had the opportunity to change things. And I'm not going to now sit back and get this second chance that I've had a life or I've had a, you know, a good education to now sit down and play around. And I started to think about what were the things that hindered me from succeeding in those environments. And part of this was going back to this biology that I didn't like biology. And I took biology in an essence because my brother and sister took biology and they did well in it. But I hated biology. You know, I love economics. Like anybody who knows me knows that. I love economics. You know, I love these certain subjects. So one thing that changed in me is I started chasing things that I liked. I started like I went to Nicaragua for an internship. Like I did that because I liked it, not because I wanted Nicaragua on my resume. I started doing things in an essence or taking classes or extracurricular activities or things in an essence that were things of interest to me that could also be useful in my career. So that's going into that thing of failure. So that's just that perspective of me from failing these certain classes wasn't I'm not only a failure for life because I graduated from the University of Maryland College Park, you know, had a 3.4, made the dean's list twice, gave the commencement speech for the black graduation ceremony. Nobody cares that I failed my A-levels. But what the only reason why people don't care about my A-levels or bring it up anymore is because what I did in the four years after my A-levels enabled me to break the stigma of he failed his A-levels, therefore he's a quote-unquote failure. Now, the second failure that I'm going to highlight on is when it comes down to internships. So, the last episode I did make was talking about unpaid internships. And I did get a question as to why is this guy glorified unpaid internships when they are paid internships. And the main reason, like, simply be was that I did apply to paid internships, but I just got rejected. Like, bro, like, I just got rejected. And I remember... You know, I was applying to like JP Morgan and like, you know, you go through their career base and I was applying and I was getting rejection, 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 rejection. And then one day I just got like a, oh, 
follow-up interview. I'm like, what do you mean by follow-up interview? You guys have been rejecting me on any, every other position for like the past couple of months. So I you know, had a phone interview with the woman. They were like, yeah, we're going to fly you down to New York. I'm like, and like, you know, they're going to reimburse everything and, you know, put me in a hotel. I'm like, fly me? Like, I don't think you understand it. You're trying to fly a guy who, like, I used to live on the bottom of the bottom. Like, you know, I used to eat beans and eggs at that point. In, like, you know, canned beans and eggs at that point in time. Like, you want to fly me to New York City to have meetings with your executives. So, long story short, you know, I was flown to there, had the interviews and all. And I kid you not, less than 24 hours later, the next day, I got rejected. And it blew my mind because I had so many expectations of it. If I get into JP Morgan, you know, you do this internship during the summer. What's it called? You do this internship during the summer and then um, what's it called? You get a full-time offer after and I'll be straight and everything will work out and this will be happy. And like when I realized that I got this rejection, my brain was just like, oh my gosh. What is going to happen now? You know, am I now just going to be a failure because evidently speaking, every position that I applied to in an essence has rejected me. Does that not mean I'm a failure, that I am useless, that I will never be able to get something? And I was and I was down at that point in time for a couple of days, you know, because I was just like, wow, like this is an L, like this is an L of all L's because I, in an essence, I had already gotten false hope. And I remember speaking to my dad about it, and he told me about his experiences, and he was like, I think one of the first times, because you know, African parents, they always tell you, like, you know, I was the first in my class, you know, everything in life just kind of worked out, and I worked hard. But this was the first time he told me about an instance in which, you know, he had to, like, you know, sacrifice something, or like, you know, in an instance, an instance of failure, in an essence, of him trying to get a position with the United Nations, but him having to leave it be for his family. And that was the first time that it dawned on me that, you know, my father has actually had, you know, essence of failures, but he's been able to bounce back because he worked hard. And thinking about this in a sensible manner, and thinking about this in like a sensible manner, in like in a more mature manner, I was like, wow, this, you know, if my dad has been able to bounce back from this, if other people have been in a similar situation, then I can bounce back. But how am I going to bounce back and what am I going to do? And this was in about January of I believe this was in January that this happened and you know long fast forward and one of the reasons why I felt like I did badly in the JP Morgan interview was because like I wasn't just as prepared or as confident as I usually am and like I think it just really showed and what happened to me after was that I went for interview prep like I started you know I went for interview prep. I started like doing some more research, try, like trying to hone my craft to make sure I don't feel the way I felt when I was rejected again. And long story short, you know, um, a month and a, about a month and a half later, I started working interning for Congress, and you know, the rest is history. If you listen to my last episode, but you know, I started working from Congress, and every interview that I've basically almost basically every interview that I've been in minus one, ever since that moment, I've gotten accepted for the position for the research position, for the job, for the internship since that moment. And that was because I sat down and took, you know, the hurt and the feelings from that failure and used that to be able to create something for change. To be able to do something that at least I know that if I feel this was something that was wrong during this interview, next time I get interviewed, I would take this opportunity. Because in this life, I'm realizing that you have to be prepared for these opportunities to come. You know, you have one shot, you know, I don't know, there's an Eminem song about it. You know, opportunity comes once in a lifetime. 
know, you have one shot in essence to impress somebody. You have one shot to make your mark. You have one shot to, you know, write an exam and get a good grade. And like what failure has really taught me is how to make the most of this one shot, this one opportunity. Because in this life, you don't, you don't really get do-overs. And especially for somebody who's a young man like me, you know, somebody who's an immigrant as well, it's like I have less opportunities to start. So I need to make sure that from every single failure, from every single challenge, from every single situation, I'm able to learn from it and use that to build myself so that I can move on. So, yeah. So I believe, you know, so hearing me talk, you know, I'm at the end of the day, I'm still like 22 years old. I'm still trying to figure this stuff called life out. So I thought it would be sensible. I thought it'd be good for me to bring in, like, you know, to bring the thoughts of people who have actually been, who are actually successful right now and what their thoughts of failure was. So the first person who I want to talk, sorry, the first quote I have it says, it is impossible to live without failing at something unless you live so cautiously that you might as well not have lived at all, in which case you have failed by default. And that's J.K. Rowling, and obviously you know who that is. Like, <clears throat> another person says, yeah, you know who that is. Another person says, you may encounter many defeats, but you must not be defeated. In fact, it may be necessary to encounter the defeat so you can know who you are what you can rise from, how you can still come out of it. And that's Maya Angelou. You know, so what did failure, so, you know, talking about failure, it's like, I don't want to gloss over it. I don't want to give you that kind of, oh, you fail and then you just sit down and you write a list of stuff and you improve on it. But I want to give you, you know, practical tips and steps from my perspective as what did failure, like, you know, what did failure actually teach me? And the first thing that failure taught me was to ask for help. And there is this stigma, there is this issue that people should not ask for help, especially if you are a man. Apparently, as a man, you are not allowed to ask for help because it shows that you are weak in an essence. And I believe strength, or even it's even in the Bible passage, but I don't really have the quote on my mind on the tip of my tongue right now. But, you know, I think when it comes down to being or showing strength. Showing strength also means accepting weakness and accepting there are certain things you do not know and you cannot do. And I think asking for help, as I said, when I, I went to interview prep with one of the um, professional development programs I had on campus before I went for my internship in Congress, I had reached out to somebody to ask for help. Time and time again, even before my JP Morgan interview, I reached out to somebody who, la- who put me in touch with somebody who actually interviewed for the exact same position as JP Morgan that I was applying for to give me tips. You have to ask for help after you take an L because at the end of the day, I don't think any- everybody's meant to know everything that comes. Like as we grow up and as somebody who is you know, young, is a young man, there are so many things that I know I don't know. And what I always ask is, how do I bridge the gap between what I currently know and what I don't know? And asking for help in so many situations has made my life easier. Being able to share the burden with people. I've talked about mentorship. Like the people that I've had who have been able to mentor me, either spiritually or even through my career, have been so key to help enable me to get to where I am now. Another thing. So another, the next thing, get feedback and reflect on what went wrong. That is something that I think people don't like to do. When people fail, see, I think the only time when you fail and become a failure is if you quit. So for example, if I create, if I go to the University of Maryland College Park, I write an exam and basically I fail the exam and then I say, I am done. I am never writing an exam again. Then evidently I have become a failure due to that instance. 
you know, and I'm trying to use a very simple instance, not something very complicated, but just a very simple example to state that that's how some people really are in this life. I have people who have, you know, started blogs, you know, started businesses, started all this stuff, do it for a month or two, and then they just quit, you know? And I'm just like, I'm very confused and in essence as to why people think that when you start something, it's all rosy and smooth. Like even talking about small businesses, because at the time I was thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, even talking about small businesses, how many small businesses feel like 80% fail in the first year? How many small businesses how many people who are currently millions and billionaires now will tell you out they're running small businesses that they're running into so many things they had to fix, they had to develop, they had to change, they had to innovate because failure was part of the process that enabled them to get there. But other people, but if you're going to be somebody who you want to chase something, a dream, create something, and then at the end of the day, you expect everything to be rosy and smooth, then you're, why you, you're deceiving yourself. Failure is part of the process. It enables you to find out things that you can, you know, change. It enables you to find out how you can do better. And it's something that I believe people should not be afraid of because the fear of failure is one of the worst fears that can honestly happen. Now, so I have this quote by Anthony Robbins, which says, I've come to believe that all my past failure and frustrations were actually laying the foundation for the understanding that I've created the new level of living I now enjoy. And I always tell people this, you can't connect the dots in life moving forwards, always backwards. There were days in which I had failed, you know, the days in which I had failed at certain circumstances that has pushed me into a new direction. For example, if I had gotten my internship with JP Morgan, I would have never gone to Congress. I would have never fallen in love with public policy the way I love it. I would have never gone to the Maryland General Assembly and had one of the best experiences of my life. I would never have met some of the people who are currently my friends or my mentors. And I would never have even been able to come to the Baltimore County um, government because I wouldn't have had the policy background if I had gone to JP Morgan. And I think, you know, at the point in time, you know, when it comes down, when I took the first L from JP Morgan, of course I wanted to be there. Like, oh, that made sense. But looking back and looking back and connecting the dots, you know, looking backward in life, it's like, wow, I can't believe all this stuff, you know, has happened and all this stuff has been able to come into place. And I've realized if I never failed, I may never have come to where I am today. Like, you have to realize, there's something you have to realize in this life, and this is just like my personal anecdote. If you want something in life, you're going to need to persevere. Like, perseverance is key. You have to work like a dog. You have to continue to push. Because you reach an obstacle and something doesn't mean you should quit. There were many times in college where I thought I was going to fail my, my classes. There were many times in which I thought I'm doing this thing and I'm laboring in vain. But guess what? I decided that I'm just going to continue, continue to persevere. And I'm going to let God do his thing. And I'm going to let my hard work speak for itself. Because my perspective of life is I put 100% into something. Regardless of whether it works out or it doesn't work out, I'm at peace. But I will never be that kind of person who is going to sit down and look back 10 years, 15 years, 20 years and say, wow, maybe the circumstance or this situation would have been different if I had just tried and not been afraid of failure. Like even coming down to this podcast, when I first, it took me maybe about a month or even a month and a half to like decide to actually start the podcast because I was afraid of so many things. I was afraid that if, you know, who's going to listen to a 22-year-old guy with an accent talk about random stuff about his life? I was afraid that if I say something, I was afraid that I'm not qualified to be able to speak about some of these things or these issues because I'm not a professional or so on. I just had so many random thoughts in my head. And one day I woke up, went on Amazon, bought my microphone, and I was like, I am going to start this thing. And 
even coming down to the help thing, I reached out to one of my closest friends, Umar, and I just texted him. I said, bro, I'm start. I want to start a podcast. I listen to this podcast a lot. I feel like I can do something similar to what all these other guys are doing. Do you th- like, how do you feel about this? And the name stories from 96, we were brainstorming it for literally like an hour. We're just talking back and forth. Literally, the podcast was almost tells from a Nigerian boy, but hallelujah, you know, it's stories from 96. And, you know, having him and being able to talk to him about that situation just made my life so much easier and allowed me to be able to not be afraid of failure. And even when I did make some mistakes, you know, a couple of my episodes and like still trying to work out this whole editing thing because I'm an economics major and how to draw demand and supply curve. I don't really know how to do all this, you know, funny editing and equalizing. But as I said, I'm not going to let the fact that that's that kind of failure or the fear of failure stop me from doing something I want to do. Like, even look at, even this quote from Thomas, Thomas Edison, who says, I have not failed. I've just found a thousand ways that wouldn't work. And looking at it from that perspective, it's true. It is, sometimes failure is just a way that doesn't work. It's not the end all be all. It's not the end of the situation. And another thing about failure is, you know, you have to open your eyes to discover where you're somewhere, whether you're happy or not. And I always talk about this A-levels biology because I really hated A-levels biology. I hated biology. I still, like, I saved the passion. Like, I graduated from college. I haven't taken a biology class in about four or five years. But I hate biology. And I realized that when it comes down to failure, if I'm not in the kind of place that I want to be or in the place that, you know, God even ordained me to be, then of course I will fail. Like, I have friends who are at the University of Maryland now still trying to complete their degrees because when they first came in they came in as engineers or pre-med not even because that's what their goal or their destiny or their dream was but that was what their parents told them to do or other people told them to do and you have to realize in an essence when it comes down to your life that you will fail you will make mistakes all these things will happen it's a natural part of life but there's a difference between failing at something you love that you do or failing at something you don't even really care about but you put yourself there because other people tell you that that's what's it called one of the ways in which sorry other people tell you that that's like the only way in which you can succeed like oh my friend like for example i always quote this like oh my cousin's an engineer so therefore i should become an engineer because my cousin is an engineer and it's like when it comes down to you know the fear of failure and all these other things it's like chase even if it doesn't seem like it makes sense some days chase or follow the things that you care about because those things will be easier for you and even when you fail you have more motivation to learn when it comes down to those things yeah so i want to quote oprah winfrey which says failure isn't the end of the road it's a big red flag saying wrong wrong way turn around and it's like, you know, if failure was be able to divert me from, you know, trying to go into Wall Street, because I'm not a big fan of corporations, going into Wall Street and all this other big, like, you know, all this other financial institutions to working for the government where I approve contracts and things that make impact in, you know, in people's lives, then I feel that I've been redirected into the place I need to be. Another thing about failure is, you know, you have to stop making excuses. One thing I've realized and one thing I've dealt with is perfectionism. So the fear that everything needs to be perfect perfect or it can't be done. Like there's a perfect time to do XYZ. There's a perfect time to get married. There's a perfect time to go to college. There's a perfect time to start my business, my podcast, ETC. But one thing I've learned in my life, there really isn't a perfect time for all this stuff. Just have to start. Like literally, the, I've realized that making a decision or committing to a decision to start is really the first step. 
because you could always you could you could always for example if you're starting a business you always need more money than the money that you started a business with if you're starting a podcast for like me you know i feel like i should always have known or i've read some more articles or stuff about it but then you just start and then you improve your craft over the way like people use failure as an excuse for them to not try and my belief in life and what i believe is if you don't try you have automatically failed like for example if i don't apply to a program because i believe the program is going to reject me then what's it called i believe the program is going to reject me and then I don't end up applying that I've automatically been rejected. And when you look at life from that perspective, then you realize that what is the worst that can happen if I do apply to this thing is I will get rejected. And that's it. Literally. I've realized that you honestly should try. Apply to some of the stupid things. Go to like, you know, I encourage, I worked at the study abroad office at the University of Maryland, encouraging students to study abroad. I'm like, go to a, go to a country that is extremely different from yours and go live in a house with somebody who doesn't even speak fluent English or might not speak English at all and have that kind of experience. Because at the end of the day, like, these are the stuff that will shape you. Like, don't be afraid of, oh, if I go to, oh, if I, like, one thing I always heard when, when I was, when it came down to studying abroad or people trying to study abroad was, oh, oh my gosh, it's expensive. Like, oh, what's, what will happen? This and that. I'm like, don't think about the expense. Cause if the expense is the first thing that comes to your mind when it's coming down to studying abroad, then that is what you're going to focus on. Think about other stuff. And obviously, you know, like have faith and all this other, other stuff and you know try to financially plan all these things but don't let that be the single dis, uh, what's called decisive reason why you don't do something and that's why i used to advise when i was when i worked in the study abroad office and that's why i tell people all the time that you know don't let failure scare you like start something even if it start something even if it doesn't work out you learn from it Try something new, like go out of your comfort zone, keep trying because that is really what life is about, trying new things and experiencing new things. And like my last thing to talk about in this sector section is like, you know, experiencing failure is the price you must pay to achieve success. I don't know if that was a quote or that was something I wrote because I wrote this script a while ago. As I said, I was meant to talk about this stuff a while ago, but you know, life and, you know, achieving success is comes down to people who fail, learn, fail, learn, fail, learn until they succeed. Like there really is no shortcut of this. And I think that is why it's important in an essence for people to learn to not be afraid of failure and to be able to learn from failure. Another thing I just want to talk about right now is quickly is discouragement. There is this essence of when it, there's something about failure continuous failure that leads to discouragement it's like you know i've been struggling i've been doing this thing for such a long period of time and i'm not succeeding so therefore should i quit is this the sign or the universe or god telling me to quit because i have been laboring at something and it's been difficult and what and it comes down to the same thing i talked about when it comes to perseverance these difficult times will happen i believe there's this perspective on life that you know things are rosy and like you know life is just one straight line like life has bumps it has its ups and its downs it's like you know the the stuff and the heartbeats monitor up down up down and i've realized that when it comes to life you should not be discouraged you should not be discouraged because you are trying something and it's taking longer than you expected for it to succeed you should not be discouraged because you've been in business for a couple of 
of months or a couple of years and then you still aren't breaking even you should not be discouraged because you've created something like a merchandise or a podcast or something that you're tracking your listeners or tracking you of whatever and you're realizing that it's you're not growing at a steady pace as you want it to be like discouragement is something that should not be Discouragement is something that can occur, or honestly will occur some days in life, but it should not be something that would define you as well. If you are feeling discouraged, as I said, I talked about my experience with my friend Umar, or even have multiple people that talk to about a whole, like, you know, range, range of situations or issues. I would say you find that person that you can find in. And also, you know, have faith in God. I always talk about faith. And, you know, I always like to end my podcast with a prayer, or with the scripture, or with the Bible first. But I always talk about faith in the essence of if you can have faith in yourself, if you can have faith in your situation, have faith in God. Because at the end of the day, you know, God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And it comes down to the fact that you shouldn't be discouraged because there's so many essence of the bible people started stuff questioning how is this going to end how is this going to succeed like somebody like joseph i really like to you know i like to i like i what's it called i related joseph's story because i and myself am an immigrant and looking at it from the perspective of joseph who was somebody brought into a country in captivity who ended up becoming the prime minister to me it kind of blows me that god can do that in joseph's life what can he do in my life now that i've even been educated and (laughs) all this other fun stuff so i want to tell people do not be discouraged learn to be able to trust god the bible talks about be anxious but for nothing but by prayer and supplication make your request known to god so when it comes down to discouragement you have to find manners to deal with this and you have to find manners to be able to realize that even though the situation is tough now it's not going to be like that forever now moving on from discouragement i want to talk about the last thing and the last thing on my mind actually is comparison comparison is something that i can relate to as being you know being the third last born in my family and just for so many reasons comparison is something i can relate to and like you know I read this quote, I don't know if it's from Theodore Roosevelt or Harrison MLK or whatever, but it says comparison is thief of joy. And that's honestly cutthroat, it's plain and simple. And my issue with comparison is that people are only looking at certain sectors. People are only looking at certain... You don't actually have a holistic view of a person's life when you are comparing yourself to them. Like People compare themselves to celebrities, but it's like, you know, because of money and so on and so forth, doesn't necessarily mean that that's the kind of lifestyle you want. Like, and I'm not the kind of person who's trying to say, oh, you should not have money. Man, money is good. And trust me, when you have bills to pay, you've got your car insurance, you've got your rents, you've got your, you got Geico, like, you know, knocking on your door. Like, you know, you have to, you obviously need money. But I'm saying that you shouldn't now compare yourself to somebody based on something like a material thing. Like, in my, for example, I'm in a very weird place in my life, being 23 years old. 23 in a month but you know 22 years old recently graduated from college i have friends who are getting married like it is still weird to me i have friends who i was in college with who were all struggling after bible study or something and going to the diner who are married i have friends who are starting their you know who have actually quit their full-time jobs and they have started business i have friends who are in Work. I have friends in college. I have friends who are working full time. I have friends who are getting masters and PhDs. And to me, it's like some days I'm like, ah, Baba God, or you know, how far? Like, you know, how far would be like, you know, I think I'm doing well, and you know, I see other people and doing amazing things. And something always comes to my mind that you know, be patient. We are all, even though we are all like, you know, living this life, we all have, we're all in different phases and aspects of our life. 
like you know i would not let you know be consumed by marriage and obviously i'm a guy so obviously societal culture and societal norms and some other stuff is different but i will not be in myself 22 years old and be like ah, i need to get married tomorrow because my friend who i went to school with was getting married and something that honestly made this comparison thing a lot worse is social media and bear with me you know i love to laugh around on twitter especially when football games are going on and there's so much banter and you know i also like to you know be able to catch up with you know be able to see people's pictures on instagram and all this other stuff and all but it's like people are trying to size themselves up based on what they see online or even through you know this influencer culture which i think is ugh, which i can have a whole discussion on but even through this influencer um, influencer culture in which like you know people are like they basically just post their lives and like they travel to different countries and do all the other funny stuff. And I've realized that people have, you know, people are not finding contentment even when they are doing amazing in their lives because they're comparing themselves to other people and they're unhappy. You know, I have people who would be comparing themselves to, like even me some days, like, you know, I get paid, you know, I have a good job and all this other stuff and glory be to God, you know, I'm able to live alone you know i bought my own car and do all this other stuff but you know even sometimes in my heart i'm like ah man you know i know some of my friends who i went to school with who are making more money than me and like you know the extra money would help so i could you know pay all my bills and do all this stuff or hey even buy a second microphone and you know do other stuff on my podcast but you know at the end of the day i come down to life and i start to see that the only like and this is like my thing and this is something somebody told me about five years ago when i first started college and i was struggling is the only person you're in competition with life sorry the only person you're in competition with is the person you were yesterday like you're only in competition with yourself and when you take away all of that the excess the non like you know the outside factors when you're looking at other people other people's lives other people's careers and all these other things and you actually just start focusing on yourself and where was i yesterday you know if I had a two point, you know, if I had a three point oh GPA and I rose my GPA from three point oh to three point three, right? That is an improvement. That's a significant improvement. That is a big thing. Even though you know you might have your minds on a three point seven, you have improved. Oh, you know, last oh, you know, um, what's it called? As I said, I drive a two thousand and six Honda called EX, and I have some of my minds driving 2017, 2016 cars, and they have you know the you know they have that like review camera so like when you're backing up you can actually like see the back of the cars like wow you know technology or they have this this bluetooth thing me i don't even have the bluetooth i have like this joint that you like plug into your phone and then it's like it's not built built in bluetooth of the car I'm like wow but then i realized that you know i have gone from in an essence trekking you know i was a trekker you know i used to long distance long distance walking marathon you know I was an Uber everywhere kind of person, you know. I've gone from this walking or Ubering everywhere to be able to owning my own car and being able to pay for everything. And I think that is a significant progress. Of course, there are better cars than my car. Significantly better cars, you know. Of course, there are like, you know, nicer things in this life. But I think coming down and realizing that you have improved, you have grown from A to B. You know, you have grown from A to B. You are not where you were yesterday, two days ago, three days ago. That is what matters. Because it is continuous progress that will lead you. Like, you have to build, like, it's a building block. I feel like it's a building block of life. Like, you just continue to build slowly but surely. You continue to improve. It's like back in the days when I was taking unpaid internships, I had mans getting paid. People were making, like, 10K during the summer, bro. 10K during like summers and stuff and like what was i you know and i was working 
I was like, I'll leave my I'll leave my class. I'll leave what's it called econometrics of all classes and go to DC or the metro to go and work for free. But you know, looking back at it, it's like I grew. You know, not only from the experience, but I grew and I grew up to the point in which I could actually get paid for what I am doing. So coming down to it, like I wanted, I just wanted to talk about this comparison things because something I see a lot. I see, it, I still struggle with it up to an extent in myself. You know, I pray, I pray to God a lot of times. You know, Lord God, just help me to be content and to be still in the place in which I am. But I also hear from a lot of my friends, and I hear from a lot of my friends my age because we are all in similar situations. We've graduated from college, and we're like in this. You know, what now? When I gave the commencement speech for the Black graduation ceremony, I was like, you know, what now? What do we do from here? How do we, you know, accustom- how do we get accustomed to this thing called life? And I'm saying when it comes down to comparison, I, people should just, I think people should just learn to be content, just learn to continue to improve day by day, you know, one step at a time, like there's no need to rush. And over time, you'll be able to see all the things. Like in the past eight months or so that I've been working, I've been able to see how things have changed. Like when I first got my apartment, oh my gosh. Like I had this futon, which was like semi-broken. That was the only thing in my apartment. Like I didn't have a table. I did like, oh my God, I slept like an airbed for like my first week. I was going to work in an office, but I was sleeping in an airbed. Like, you know, so many things like my apartment were like empty. Like I kid you not, like empty. But you know, over eight months, I've been able to improve maybe one each month, buy a piece of furniture, you know, bought a new couch. Each month, try to do something to make it go from an empty space in an essence to a home. And, you know, over time, things have been able to grow. I've been able to look back at like, wow, you know, when I first started working a couple of eight months ago, like I never thought this place would look like this. Other people have been able to visit me and see the progression and the change. And that's really what matters. And over time, I believe, you know, there's a time for everything. There's a time and place for everything. Over time, you will meet, for example, like, you know, the significant other. You meet somebody who is going to be worthwhile. You meet somebody, you, you know, get the kind of job in which you'll be happy for. And you wake up every morning excited to do it. You will get... You know, you will find the kind of community of friends and people that will be able to support you and grow. What I'm realizing is all these things take time. And this period of time in which you might be waiting, in which you might be, you know, with it might be uncertainty, learn to trust God. And I always say this that even, and I don't do this trusting God superficially. Like, for example, if I ask a friend for help and the friend is not able to help me, I know that my God will provide a means for or a way for somebody else to help me. Like, I always remember, and this is something that I've said to some people that some people don't know is when I applied for my internship at the Maryland General Assembly, I took, I think I took a $35 Uber to the internship, $35 back, like 70 bucks. I was broke, right? And I took 70 bucks of the Uber to go work unpaid for the General Assembly. I mean, I got a stipend of like 1250 But you got what I mean, to go work unpaid for the General Assembly. And I literally got an inter- I got the response for the internship literally like on when I got back to my apartment. Not to my apartment, back to that campus. I got the response back and I worked there and it was an amazing experience. You know, and while I was even working there, I was meant to be going on Fridays, and obviously I did not have a car at that time. And when I was meant to go there on Fridays, I ran into there was this kid. His name is he's not a kid; is my age, but his name is Ryan. And Ryan was my co-intern, and we were coming in on Fridays. And this man used to drive me. He picked me up from College Park. I'm telling you, for three months, I've never met this guy before this one. For three months, he would drive me to the General Assembly. I'm talking about a 45 minutes to an hour drive. Drive me to the Maryland General Assembly and drive me back home. 
And you know, and I always say is that God is the one who put this guy in my life because can you imagine you are sitting down, you've never, you didn't even know how you're going to sort this thing out. Like when they told me pick your hours, I just picked my hours by faith. I said I'll come three days a week, knowing that there's only two certified days that that the bus runs. But you know, I ran into this Ryan guy from the first week. He took me through. He took me back and forth every single week. And that's why I say is, you know, you have to sit down, you have to realize, you have to do something by faith and wait for God to be able to fill in those little cracks that you may not even know would ha- how it would happen. Because time and time again, I've said it, I could tell you, this is, what they are. This is honestly why I have stories from 96, to tell you all the crazy experiences in my life in which I was like, man, how is this going to work out? What is going to happen? How am I going to be able to you know, succeed or how am I going to be able to get through this situation? And I learned to trust in God because I know there's a limit to what I can do in myself, but I know that there is no limit to what God can do. Luke 1 verse 37 says, for nothing is impossible with God. So I just want to end this, you know, this podcast talking about failure, talking about discouragement, talking about comparison. Let's end this with prayer. Saying, just end this with prayer. And Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you, Lord, for everything you've done. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to come to the end of this podcast. And Lord, I want to say, in regards to comparison, Lord, Lord, I pray, O Lord, that you allow us to be able to find contentment and know that the destination that we are in, where we are today, is not where we are going to end up. Jeremiah 29, verse 11 says, I know the thoughts I have for you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to bring you to an expected end. And Lord, I ask, O Lord, that you should be able to help people to reach that expected end. In regards to failure, Lord, help people to realize that failure is a part of life. But failure is not what would define them. That you will take them, regardless of how many times they feel that this fail at these things to success or that failure is even there to redirect them and put them in the place that you want them to be O lord when it comes down to discouragement lord give them strength father O lord the bible says in the presence of the lord there is fullness and joy help them to find joy and contentment and peace even in the times in which things are difficult and lord i ask that you just continue to grant people the strength the the wisdom the knowledge and the understanding to be able to do things and to be able to navigate this thing that is called life in jesus name i pray Amen.